Rugby League Back Chat is sponsored by TotalRL.com. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Rugby League Back Chat from the LD Nutrition Stadium in Featherstone. We've had everything this week from sackings to Golden Point drama. And to talk us through it, we have three very special guests. Former Great Britain legend Francis Cummins, Huddersfield star and soon-to-be lead Rhinos player Alex Meller and one of the leading journalists in Rugby League from the Yorkshire Evening Post, Pete Smith. Uh, gents, welcome. We think we could start in several places this week, but we're going to start on Golden Point because we've got a player who was involved in one this week for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. But the big one was in London. London beating St. Helens. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Pete, what a result that was for the Broncos. Oh, fantastic for um, for London. Not so good for certain teams <laughs> near them at the bottom of the table. But um, I think is that London's second win in, in three games. They're showing some decent form. They've already got a lot more points than anybody expected them to do this season and they're still hanging right in there in the um, in the battle against relegation golden point terrific for them um, they're gonna the fans will remember that for a long time whether that's the right way to end a game or not I'm not um, I'm not so sure I'm not a fan of golden point we've given it a chance we're halfway through the season now they've been I think there's been four or five golden point games I'm still not not a fan of it I think a draw would have been a fair result in that game and in Huddersfield against Cass. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't see how the golden point was any more exciting than the uh, end of either of those games in, in normal time. Saints scored right at the end, kicked a touchline conversion to, to level the scores. That should have been it, in my opinion. What do you think, Alex? You've just been on the uh, wrong end of it. So it's maybe the wrong time to ask you. Yeah, what, definitely what the wrong time. Uh, I think as a player, it's, it's, it's not ideal um, in terms of you're that tired and you, you see the, the final loop go and you think your job's done and you've got another 10 minutes to go uh, and a lot more pressure. But I think from a, from a fan's point of view, it's probably exciting to watch uh, and it probably brings a little bit more more buzz to the end of a game rather than it's just been a bit of a dull draw. Uh, it, it, it forces a result. So I can see why it's been brought in uh, and I can see why from a marketing point it's been brought in. Uh, from a losing player's point of view, it's, <laughs> it definitely needs scrapping. Uh, if we'd have won it, it'd have been a completely different story. But... Uh, no, it's going to have mixed views, but yeah. I think it's quite a good thing. I mean, to be play devil's advocate to what Pete's saying, for <clears> me, <throat> it does manufacture memorable moments. One of the most memorable moments of the season being that Brad Dwyer drop goal from 42 yeah. yards and, and David Ferner's reaction to it. Yeah, you've got the moment. I think we, we probably are overlooking the tension leading up to the end of the game. So whether it's Saints yeah. scoring in the last minute or, or whatever happened there, there's a tension within that. I'm not sure... You need an outcome in that. Myself, I don't think the quality as a coach now. I'm thinking more of a the quality of the end. Obviously, you've got to you've got to get your draw. You've got to get to the end or whatever it is. You're going to win, but the quality of it is not very good. We've got you know anyone having a go at a drop goal. We know what's going on. It's not as if we're trying to score a try. It's it's just it's a kick. It's that's it. And I think there were a fair few in the, the castle for game P rollers, and I think Daryl described them as all kinds of. Uh, carrier bag kicks and everything and I don't think the quality is there although you've got the moment I, I quite as a, a rugby league fan I enjoy the tension of the last bit and if it's a draw it's a draw yeah. Is there a way around it? Is there a way where you could maybe give both teams a point anyway and then the winner gets the that, added point? That's, that yeah that, that if you've got to have extra time then I think that's a, that's a solution mm-hmm. because Saints and 
Huddersfield both deserved something from the game after 80 It's an 80-minute game, isn't it? If you look yeah. at the rules, it's an 80-minute game. And they were level after 80 minutes. So I think that is a possibility. I mean, there's been some talk of, of golden try. Um, I'm not sure about that. If, if we'd gone to golden try at Leeds-Wakefield the other night, we'd still be here, still we be there now, and, and <laughs> nobody would have, uh, would have scored. But, um, but yeah, I think possibly giving a, a point to both teams and then a, a bonus point, if you like, for the for the extra time would would um, would be some has some merit to it. Um, I just think it's asking a lot of the players. Was it eighty eight minutes you played yeah. the other the night? Game in Super League that's ever, that's yeah. a lot, and I'm saying that must be the longest Super League game ever played. And Casa backing up Thursday night, it's it's a big it's a big ask. I just and I don't think the system's fair either. A lot depends on who who kicks off, who gets the ball first yeah. in in extra time, things like that. I just I just don't like the system. What's yeah. what's it like to play as? Then you touched on it before. Is it draining? Is it you know quite an anxiousness and, and whatnot? I think like Franny said, you know, it's it's a different type of rugby. You start panicking, um, and everything sort of goes out of window. You know what I mean? Like you get to your fifth tackle and you're 60 metres out and you think you can kick a drop goal to win it, you know. And You went through one for halfway, didn't you? Yeah. Not you not you particularly. Oh, Jesus, not me, definitely not me. <laughs> um, but like I said, if you, if you put the ball in the corner and you play rugby normally, you, you should create a chance to score or to be in a better position of a drop goal. Um, so I think if you take the, the panic element out of it, uh, I think teams will probably play better. But anyone under that amount of pressure, uh, when there's two points or no points on the line, mm -hmm is going to be forced to panic uh, yeah. and, it, and it breeds that sort of rugby. Anyway, enough about that. London, Franny. I mean, Leeds win. Everyone thinks, oh, Leeds are looking good now. That Hull KR had got the win at Magic Weekend and all of a sudden here are London again showing that they're here and right in the mix. They just never cease to amaze, do they? No, I like what, what London have done. They didn't, you know, they didn't get rid of all the players that got them there. Um, you know, if we're honest, London... They've not got too much strike, but they don't go away. I really like what Ward is doing with them. Um, that the you know they work hard for each other. Um, they probably they probably need a Saints to be off the game mm -hmm. to beat them, uh, and obviously they were, but they've come up with it. And and to get those number of wins, I don't think anyone would have said or expected mm -hmm. them to do it. Uh, so I like the story about what they're doing. Uh, like I said, I think I think they work really hard for each other. Um, they're a little bit blunt at times on attack, but that's what happens. That's the, that's mm. the way the competition is. But they're, they're finding a way out there, and uh, you know, that's off to them all. Because uh, you know, it's it's tough when you're losing most weeks, mm -hmm. as I've, I've known as a coach. <laughs> uh, but you know, to dust yourself down again and and go again, especially against you know the standout team in the competition, uh, I think it's a, a great achievement for London. It's certainly exciting, isn't it? At the bottom of the table, Saints could afford to to lose that one. Let's face it; yeah. it's still going to finish. Top, and I think they rested a, rested a few players. That's one of the problems you've got with the relegation system, though, isn't it? It's a lot more. We should be focusing on the best teams, the teams at the top of the table, but it's a lot more exciting what's happening um, at the bottom of the table because there's. You'd say it's probably between three teams, mm -hmm. but there's actually probably six that that, if they're not in danger now, could be dragged into that situation with a few injuries or or a run of bad results. Mm -hmm. So. I think that is a problem for Super League. Having said that, they always say the, the strength of uh, competitions in the bottom teams, and at the moment we've got Leeds and Wigan down there, so that that says something about the uh, the strength of the competition. Alex, honestly, did any within playing circles, <coughs> did anyone think that London 
would be able to compete in the manner they have done. I don't think they did, mate. No, I think if if you look at the squad on paper and you compare it to like the top the top squads, I think they, they were underestimated a lot. But I think London looked like a side who just just enjoy the rugby, they enjoy the life. You know, I don't think there's much pressure on them, mm-hmm. uh, and that shows in the, some of the performances we've had this year. You know, they've 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 come out and made a real statement, and and hats off to them. You know, it's a tough place to go down there. I think when we played them, they they were very very unlucky not to beat us, yeah. uh, and and they, they're just a side that don't go away. Whether you're 30 nil up at half time or or you're 10 nil down, they've always got a chance of, of coming back and, and winning. I know that uh, Leeds have been linked with a lot of players. What about coaches, Franny? Danny Ward. I mean, he, he always has a smile on his face. He's a guy you know well. Is he, is he ready for that? Well, I would probably say no, but I would say uh, one is probably the most char- charismatic coaches in the league. Uh, that is Wardy that you see. So, and I'd class myself in that that not in that category, but most coaches are guarded. They try to portray. You have to, you know, show you this is what I'm like, or I'll keep you at arm's length, or whatever it is. And, and what he doesn't, I think he's nice and relaxed within his. He is. I think Leeds, as it's proved with with Dave Ferner, Leeds' job is not uh, someone who's worked behind the ears. And I say that, you know, for for majority of coaches here, I don't mean just Danny. I just think it's a huge job. Is the Leeds' job? I think one is the focus of of the size of the club. Uh, but also the task in hand. I think this is not just a few weeks. This is uh, a long, a long job for whoever gets that. On the coaching front, Pete. If anyone knows what's going on, it'll be you. If, other than, I have no other, idea what's going other on. Other than, <laughs> other than maybe Kevin Sinfield and Gary Everton. What? Well, I'm going to ask Alex. I mean, you, you must know who's going to be coaching you next year. So if you, who is it going to be? I'm not sure. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Leeds are playing the cards close to the chest. Yep. Um, the, there's no confirmation or, or word coming out of the club at all. No hints, nothing. We um, still, the way it needs to be, Pete. The, You've got to yeah. be professional and you, the, the more so, if more if me and you and Alex know, generally it's going to be out yeah. again. I think yeah. they've got to do it that way. Well, if I knew it, it'd be the back page <laughs> in the paper straight away. I'd, you've got to wonder why they've not appointed yet. Um, Kevin Sinfield's talked about stability till the end of the season. I think Richard Agar's been asked to, to do the job until then. He says he doesn't want the job on a permanent basis. Um, I suspect that they're looking at someone to take over from the off-season. So you wonder why that is the case, and maybe it's somebody that's already in a job. Um, they've been linked with Daryl Powell. Um, that would make sense. In a lot of ways, he's been at Castleford a long time. Would it make sense for Daryl Powell? That that's an interesting one. In a way, it would. Yeah, I mean, Daryl's always said he's he's not interested. He wants to to see the job through at Castleford. I, I think he wants to to win something at yeah. at Cass. It's his hometown club and everything. But he's been there since 2013. And as as Franny will tell you, coaches reach a point where they've they've been at a club long enough. And maybe Daryl's getting close to that point. And he needs a new. He needs a new challenge. Certainly, I think he'd, he'd be appealing to um, to Leeds because he he plays attractive rugby, or his teams play attractive rugby. He knows the Leeds club, and he he improves players, and that's that's what they need. If you were advising Daryl, what would would you say, stick or twist, Franny? Uh, I think um, you can't really speak on behalf of Daryl, can you? But I think um, we go back to when he actually was the the head coach, uh, and. And the probably deal was then for him to come back at some stage. I'm not sure they had a plan of doing it 15 years later, or however <laughs> that was. But um, 
that I was a good coach then. Anyway, I think uh, I was part of that that playing group, and I thought the playing group let him down. A few of the senior professionals weren't honest. Um, it wasn't until Tony Smith, Brian Matt came in that eventually some of these professionals towed the line, and it showed what happened. And I think we were nearly there. We, you know, Chinese cups and things like that. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> It's a difficult one because it, it's Daryl's a friend as well, so I won't be advising Daryl. He won't ask me for my advice, but there's, it'd be hard to turn down an opportunity at Leeds because you've got one is you've got the stadium, you've got you've got the you know the back backing, um, you've got to, you've got to weigh whether whether he's taking Castleford as far as they can go or mm -hmm. they've got one go. It, you know, it, probably from an outsider looks a little bit like Cast missed an opportunity when Leeds beat them. Yeah. But uh, I think it's probably where the game is at the moment. I thought Cass, Cass for a, a good few years, really, really pushed the brand of rugby league. I thought it was great. Um, don't see him as, as expansive as they were and as effective, but I mean, that can happen, that can happen. They've got some players missing, they've had some injuries. Obviously lost the, the talisman in Luke Gale, yeah. who's a big influence as well. So um, he'll have to weigh that up. And, and again, hometown clubs and all that, but there's, I'm sure there's a niche there. There'll be a niche somewhere because it didn't end well and there was the promises and all that kind of thing. Or maybe not. Maybe he's moved on and thought, right, you know, I won't, I'll never go back. You never know. I've not spoken to him on it. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a nice talking point. It's good for the game. Mm -hmm. I think he, he'd be a... If, if, if I was picking a Great Britain coach, I'd go straight for Darrell Powell. Right. Uh, just, just to wrap up this golden point, let's just touch on Huddersfield, Alex, because... I think you've lost three games by one point now. If you'd have won them, you'd have been third in the league. Instead, you're, you're nearer the bottom than the top. You must be kicking yourselves at the minute, you boys. Yeah, it's been frustrating, mate. I think the most frustrating thing is we've we've been leading with five, ten minutes to go in every single one of them games. And it's just closing the game out. I think the first one against Wakey, we, we were six points up. They scored, kicked a drop goal, won. Next one, we conceded a penalty. Four minutes to go, lost. Next one, we were winning with four minutes to go and ended up losing. So I think that hurts more than than losing by a point, the fact that we were in the game to win it and we've ended up losing all three. Like you say, if you look at the league table, it, it'd look completely different and our mood would be, probably be completely different as well. But it is what it is. This stuff's happened and, and we've just got to try and move on from it. You've still got a healthy gap between the bottom sides and yourselves. But I'll, just to wrap this up on London... Despite the fact they've got five wins, does anyone still think they, they could stay up now? Does anyone think they will stay up? It couldn't be you first, Alex. Yeah, I think they could. I mean, there's always a chance, you know, especially because there's no pressure on them. Yep. Uh, and other teams are going to be thinking, oh my God, we've got to do something here. We've got, to, we've got to win, we've got to win. And there's a lot of pressure building up on those teams, whereas London are just playing like a free spirit. And, mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully for them, they'll stay up. We're going to speak about Hull KR for the break. The level on points with Hull KR, Pete. Will, will the Robins be extremely nervous now likewise yeah, the Rhinos I think I think they will I think Leeds will be as well yeah there's, there's 13 games to go not much in it um, London's point points difference isn't great but down there it's a tough place to go as, as Alex has said plastic pitch and everything and I can see them jagging a couple more wins they're probably going to need to win one or two away from home not sure mm -hmm. that's going to happen but yeah they're, they're right in there it will be a shock if they do stay up I think it's possible. Will they stay up, Franny? I'll, I'll, make, I'll make that the tough question for you. You've got about 30 seconds. Uh, there's, there's part of me says, I, for Wardy especially, uh, and, and what they've got, is it'd be nice to see him achieve that. 
Um, as a rugby league fan, I'm not sure that's what the game would need. I think uh, I think they're going to win some more games. I think the pattern is they'll win a game and they'll lose a, a good handful and then they'll pick up another one. I think it's going to be it's down to OKR now. It's down to OKR. I think Leeds, Leeds will just just keep them away at arm's length, but I think uh, there's a lot of pressure on, uh, on OKR. And, and like Alex said, they're just they're having some fun on London, aren't they? They'll ride this one for a couple of weeks. They might not get a result for a little while, but then they will, and then it just it starts bringing those teams back in. And I think all, all that thought, we're going to go on to KR in a minute. We've okay. had a very quick first half. We'll come back right back after the break. We'll get the inside scoop from Alex on his move to Leeds and talk about Tony Smith and Tim Sheens at Hull KR. back to the second part of this week's Rugby League back chat. We're going to go straight to Alex because you are on the move. You're going to Leeds Rhinos next year. That came out last week. Three-year deal. First and foremost, how pleased are you that you're uh, joining a club like the Rhinos? Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's really exciting for me. You know, it's it's a club that's, that's always been uh, huge and always been really successful. So I think when the opportunity came up, it really excited me and, 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 and took me by by the kahunas, you know, uh, and I just thought, wow, um, something that I can't pass up on, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. It was well talked about your future in the, in the public domain. Obviously, there was a contract off from Huddersfield, and then that wasn't there. So, from your perspective, it must have been a little bit of a stressful time because you go into the open market, and you, you no idea what's going on, do you? Yeah, it was really stressful, mate. Um, for about six weeks, uh, I think if you ask my missus, she'll tell you how, uh, how stressed I was. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's one of them things where. You've got you back yourself, um, and you think you're doing the right thing, but all all along, mm-hmm. uh, there's that voice in the back of your head saying, "Have you done the right thing? Is anyone going to even come in for you? Uh, are you going to be out of a job? <laughs> what am I going to do next year?" Um, but I think to get the just reward for it um, was definitely worth worth all the stress. I think I won't be unfair to say there were a few clubs in for you. Um, why Leeds? What what made Leeds the club? I think. Um, Leeds, Leeds sort of delayed it a little bit as well. Uh, I didn't really know that they were going to make an offer um, until a couple of weeks after after, my, uh, after May the 1st. Um, and to be fair, when when Kev spoke to me about it, he, he came and met me and he, he came across he's such a genuine bloke, um, told me about how, how much the club sort of wanted me and how much of a big part of the club I'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went for a meeting there, uh, took me around the stadium, I was wowed straight away um, by the ground and, and the facilities. And obviously it's quite close for me and, and everything sort of sort of fit in. Uh, every other club, there was sort of a little bit of a hiccup and there'd have to be this and there'd have to be that. And mm-hmm. some would have to move and things like that. Um, so Leeds just sort of fit the mould for me and, and suited me best at this time in my career. You um, you mentioned that it took a couple of weeks for him to put the offer in. Did- did they nearly miss out on you then? Did you very nearly, you know, jump and, and go somewhere else or even stay at Huddersfield? I think I, I think I was waiting. I think um, one club sort of texted my agent and said, um, "Is it is it too late? Or have we still got a chance?" And he said, y- "You've just got a chance, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but Leeds Leeds was sort of the club that I was waiting for, um, so I was always sort of willing to wait out a little bit. Um, I was waiting on a few things. Uh, I think since sort of flirted with me a little bit and I was sort of waiting on Leeds and Saints uh, and then Leeds came through with with an offer um, and it was something that I couldn't really say no to so mm-hmm. I was quite happy to sign it. Is it, I mean, is it. is it a bit of a 
a gamble in a way going to a club that that haven't got a head coach appointed for next year? Yeah, I think I think it is a gamble. I think we sat down uh, and when I've had a chat with my, my parents and my, my missus about this is, would, was I willing to risk? Um, was I willing to take a risk and take a gamble um, and maybe end up somewhere that I didn't want to be um, waiting out for Leeds uh, or, or do I take a safe option? And I think I came to the conclusion that I am willing to take a risk. Uh, I'm at that stage in my career where I do want to take, take that risk and try win something and, and be somewhere that I, that I really want to be. Um, so we, we, we dived at the opportunity and, and luckily it came off how we wanted it to. And Leeds' form over the last few years wasn't wasn't a concern either, because obviously they won the title two years ago. But generally, the last I think four have been fairly disappointing. I, I think it's obviously a concern, um, but I think speaking to Kev uh, when I did, and the, the things that he's putting in place, and and the way that the club's looking like it's going, uh, and you combine that with its history, uh, I think it's it's a really exciting place to be. Um, and he sold it really well, and and I'm confident in Kev, and I'm confident in the club that it can it can be back where it belongs. I guess you'll be looking at London even more now, hoping that they don't overtake Leeds. Um, yeah, slightly. I've always obviously got my eye on that. Uh, I've, I'm a Huddersfield player this year, mm-hmm. um, and and that's got to got to stay like that. And I'm focused on that. But yeah, in the back of my mind, it's 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 there, and I'm kind of hoping that that things go wrong for some teams and right for one other. Um, but yeah. I would I would think for Alex, I don't think it's too much of a gamble. If you look at the bigger picture of who can win things in our sport, who wins? Well, you're an handful of clubs. There's no one jumping out of the pack at the moment. It's it's still that handful of clubs who are, who are there. And obviously Leeds probably wigging out in there. They're down to three this year, probably. Mm-hmm. So I think I think most clubs aren't geared up to be successful uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. There might be a flash in a pan here or there, but most clubs aren't set up. Whereas, you know, I was I had a look at around the facilities and uh, they're an absolute, well, they're a different level yeah. from, from anything in the sport now and, and even other sports. You know, you go to nice big stadiums and you go and look at that with the, the cricket, it's just a different level. You just think that club is going to generate wealth. It's going to be in position to to provide facilities and all what's needed for a championship uh, championship winning side. Not the championship. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Not not. The or if it is, if it is then I think the game would have to change. They'd have to change the rules if Leeds went down. They'd have to do. Oh, they couldn't, could they? They're, well, they couldn't. Yeah, they so could. let's, let's well, I like to say, <laughs> yeah, but imagine, imagine, they, they imagine they if not, you've got Toronto in there. There'll be no way fans for the rest of the year. We've got an we've got another handful of clubs who don't provide anything. Don't Franny, you anyone. can't tell you can't tell me that if Leeds went down or a Wigan or anywhere like that, they would change the rules. I I think that the as we are right now, we we're, we're not in a great position as a sport. If you're going to lose an iconic brand with people and and what are generating wealth, I don't know how the game is going to mm. carry on properly because. That there's an handful that generate, and there's others, are not really, they're not really doing anything. I think I honestly think as a game we need to look at something. I don't think promotion relegation helps the sport anyway. But if you're going to lose one of your, well, your tier one clubs, I, I dread to think what Super League could look like. If if you know, I know it's great what London have done, but imagine London, some of the other clubs that haven't got any supporters. Yeah, I, I, I think that 
it's scary. I don't, I don't know if they would change the rules, but Super League would be would be much poorer without Leeds or, yeah. or Wigan. I mean, look, the There's best support, Leeds are the best supporting club. Yeah, they've got the why well, I think's the best the best stadium, and as Franny says, it's oh, it's level. just absolutely sensational. Mm -hmm. The ground they get ten, twelve thousand people every week. Um, they're the most successful club over the Super League mm -hmm. era. They've got one of the best youth setups. The academy are doing really well under Rob Burrow this year, and there's some very talented players. I mean, Alex will, will probably know this. Some really good young young kids mm -hmm. waiting to come through. And how often the Leeds on the telly? You have to renegotiate a TV deal at some stage. And and without Leeds, that's it's not going to be worth you, as you much. Didn't as say OKR. Okay, without with OKR. They bring away supporters. Yeah. I know that's not yeah. doesn't pay everything now, yeah. but still, as a as a sport, we're going to think about these things. I'd mm. be against it purely for the fact I don't want to have to cover another league restructure. That was painful last year. But there has been. T I mean, I, I don't quite know where this has has come from. But there's talk that Toronto might even turn down going into Super League. I mean, sure, surely they wouldn't. Well, I, well, I, I have, I've sort of heard rumours, but I can't. I can't see. Why that? Why would they would turn that down? What yeah. the whole um, the whole aim from them seems to have been from from the day they started to get into Super League. Yeah. Why? Why yeah, would they, they want turn to turn that down? down I don't think. And the players, Super League players, won't want it turning down. Cause it's a trip to Canada, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a holiday. You don't get many of them in the in the season, do you? We were all there for witness. <laughs> of course, you went. Yeah, that was a tough and, day. Uh, look. I've I've been involved in. I remember going to play in Perpignan with Leeds against London at exhibition, and then we played Catalan. Brilliant, just just the feel of it. Going to Toronto, exactly the same. People there who are just getting into this sport, and and the positives from it is, is brilliant. Uh, it's good. Uh, we we didn't have all the paper plate stuff as well, so I know the championship clubs, uh, you know, have had a raw deal and, and and people not being able to get there. But when we went there as a Super League club, it was fantastic. It was, and it's good for the sport, it is. But there's another bit in there, there's a, the finances bit, the other mm. side as well, which is all going to stack up. Uh, we're going to get into Toronto later on. I want to bring up Hull KR. You mentioned Tony Smith earlier on. He has a new job. Uh, and we also talked about how Leeds have to keep it in-house and be quiet and, and do business in-house. It was the exact opposite of Hull KRP. It, was, it came out that Tim Sheens was going on the Monday. It went on the Thursday. Tony Smith's now in. What's your take on this whole quite bizarre situation? Bizarre is exactly the right word, isn't it? It was, I mean, if from what we can tell, well, everyone on the, I think it was the Monday, knew, basically knew that Tim Sheens was going. Mm -hmm. But he came in and he kept taking training for a couple of days afterwards. That must have been a really strange situation for him and for, for the players. Yeah. Um, I, I just, it, I don't think it reflected well on, on OKR. As a club, Hulkar, a club that I've got a bit of time for, I don't think it reflected well on them. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think Tony Smith's an excellent appointment. He caught everyone by surprise. I didn't hear anyone mentioning his name, um, but having obviously known Tony for, for quite a while, um, he will improve them. It, I think you have to remember that he's going to have to work with the tools that Tim Sheen's had and... Um, there aren't. There isn't going to be a miracle cure, but I, I think there will be a better team for for having Tony Smith there, and the sport's better for having him um, back in in the code. It's great that he's he said he's he's got his love for rugby league back, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's fantastic because he's a 
he's an outstanding coach. I mean, obviously, Franny worked yeah. um, worked closely with him um, two thousand and four. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, certainly turned Leeds around. He turned Leeds yeah, from a promising team. He did. Yeah. Into he took a, the next into step. a winning team. Yeah. And I think um, you know we we I spoke with Tony quite a lot because he's been out of a job so far. We've almost had like an unemployed uh, coaches and Willie Poaching was in that for a long time. <laughs> he's got a part time job now so he can only join in a few of the conversations. But you know at, at times you're supporting each other. You see now come on Smithy and and you you can see how. Um, how initially when it was raw that he did think that was it he was going to go and uh, mentor football managers I think he's he's been doing that for the last 18 months but of recent you know he's he's, he's got interested again and I think you know um, he got an opportunity and it, it happened pretty quick it, you know we are probably chatting on the Monday thinking have you heard about Tim Sheens and he's saying no I've not heard anything because mm. it wasn't confirmed was it and then uh, the next phone call is uh, I've got a job on, on Tim Sheens though Alex I mean he went there when they got relegated he got them up which is what he has to do and then has to keep them up and he kept them up and then he's lost his job has he been a bit harshly treated do you think? Maybe yeah I think he, like you said he's done a very good job he's, he's done exactly what the club needed him to do over the last couple of years and mm -hmm. and to be fair to OKR they, they play a really good brand of rugby you know they <laughs> every time they come and, and play us they seem to score loads of points and mm -hmm. The only thing that lets them down really is the D. So whether the chairman's got a little bit sick of that and sick of the high flare games and conceding lots of points and mm. wants a little bit more security in a coach that's gonna, you know, be be really big on the small things and the defensive side of it, which is which is what Tony Smith is, and it's gonna be a strange transition for him with it with it happening so quick. But I think as a as a player, you just sort of deal with what's in front of you, whether it happens slow, whether it happens quick. Whether you turn up one day and you've got a different coach, it's, you're still playing the same game. So mm -hmm. the players know what they need to do there. Um, Tim Sheen's yeah, has been unlucky, but I don't think it'll affect the playing group yeah. that much. But Pr Pranny, I mean, the word is on Tim Sheen's that he found out he was sat through the media. Uh, have you ever known uh, anything like that during your playing or coaching career? Uh, no, not really. I think it, there might be... <laughs> Look, as a coach, you know, and I know especially where, I, where I've been, you know, well, look, you lose this game, this might be it. Yeah. Uh, but I think if that's, if he's, if, I wouldn't have thought Tim Sheens were on social media, but if the media told him, then that doesn't reflect well on, on OKR. Mm -hmm. I think um, we spoke about Leeds before of how it, it needs to be that if they're going to make a decision, they obviously thought that, that they're in danger of getting relegated. Mm -hmm. So they're now going to make a decision. Um, but it didn't seem like they had Tony Smith in place or they just made the decision and, and that's for probably a, a, a level up. Um, but if it is, that's poor. It's mm. poor. And, and, and a lot of things with coaching, it's not, it's, it's not logic at times. It's, or it's a whim or it's an opinion. It's, you know, no one can see in the future. You can put things in place and, and you've got to do it. But you know, even by making a decision as a, a club chairman, they don't know. There's no written path. It's not... Do this, you get that. Um, they've obviously they've thought they have to make a change, but um, it obviously benefit Tony Smith. But Tim Sheen's thinking, well, if you if you highlight it the way you did, you think, well, he's obviously he's had a he's had a tough tough uh, raw deal there. How often do players find stuff out through the media? Is it is it frequent? Is it the perils of a modern day rugby league? Player? I think a lot of rumours and stuff come out. A lot, a long time before before the players know. But I think if, if it gets to the stage where a player is finding something out on social media or through the media, then the, the club's never done its job well enough. Yeah. Do you 
you know, it's it's no good for a player's sort of welfare and a coach, like you say with with Tim Sheens, that's no good for him. It's 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 unprofessional really. And I hope it hadn't come to that and I hope they've they've obviously spoke to him before he's found out on social media or whatever. But yeah, um that's it's poor if they have. Okay. Well coming up after the break, we'll be talking to Franny about his coaching career and after a difficult week for the Toronto Wolfpack, we'll get stuck into their troubles. We'll be right back. Welcome back for the final part of this week's Rugby League Back Chat. We're going to go straight over to you, Mr Cummins. You've uh, been out of the, the game for a, a little while after leaving Witness. What can you tell us about what you've done in the in the time since? Uh, well, I've always coached. I've always coached, even you know, with, with kids rugby. I've got a rugby school as well, so I pass on, on that sort of thing. I've got, um, I've got a business with a, a couple of pals who they're in charge. Um, I just mess it up when I get in there and <laughs> try and help and uh, uh, but yeah I'm, I'm like every other coach I want I've, I've coached for 20 years so it's not like um, you know I'd stop playing and um, I've got a passion for coaching I want to coach I just need an opportunity and that's that's really where I am at the moment and tell me if I'm wrong but did you pick two of the hardest jobs you could have ever picked first Bradford in the financial position they were in and then witness they were also having their own financial issues and the the squad and the position he was a bit of a he just a sucker for punishment well i think uh, pick might be uh, the wrong term um but i would say and advise any young budding coaches uh, don't coach a team that's going in admin or coming out of admin that's it's very very difficult yeah. especially when you're losing players and all that having said that um you learn lots of things. You probably learn a lot more. You know, mm -hmm. I probably learn a lot more being in those situations than I did tweaking bits at Leeds, where ideally, well, we had probably world-class players, mm -hmm. and they were the best team in the world. I was I was finding things for them to do, practicing core skills, but also looking for the next thing where mm -hmm. you have to backtrack a bit on on other things. It's about creating cultures and all that. But you know, I've I've run into a, a few dodgy people as well. Um, you know, um, and situations, but you, you've got to take out the best best of it. And I think, um, you know, when when they sack Dennis at witness, uh, I would decision: do I have a crack it or do I say no? And I thought to myself: if I say no, that means that I'm finished as a as a coach. Yeah. As I was, I'm a competitor. You know, I'm not able to play like Alex does. Well, I can play like Alex anyway, but. You're always a competitor. I want to do better, and you know, it's very difficult. It's difficult when you know you've you've not got a roster, but you just try and make make improvements, and and sometimes that improvements can be a lot, and sometimes it can only be a little bit, and uh, and while while it's not easy, it's enjoyable in a strange sort of way. I enjoyed most of every day I did. The Look, what happened at Witness, what happened after you left was, was awful. I'm guessing that had sort of festered before while you were there. How challenging was that that period? Because obviously you try to get results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, there's two bits to Witness as I saw it. Was a, there's a real passionate um, backbone of the club and that's volunteers working for the club as well as being paid and, and the fans. But it, it was disjointed as a club. It, it was... 
there was a lot of infighting, not so much within in the club. I mean, the, the supporters resented the chairman and the, the CEO and, and there was all this and I'm not watching because of that. And, and generally, they just didn't have enough money. They wanted to see better rugby. Uh, in the other hand, they were producing players. The academy was relatively successful, but those players weren't ready. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And I give, I give debuts as well, and it's great to see that they're still playing now. But the, the, you know, the, for the last three or four years, they'd either been selling the best players because either players wanted to go or they couldn't hold on to them. And that's, that's the thing about Super League. It's that where it starts getting taken away and you, mm -hmm. you're left with players you know, who are trying the best, mostly, um, but are not quite good enough. And it's, you know, you, you, you're trying to plug those little holes and try and concentrate on the core things about not giving much away. Um, and we just couldn't do it. And it was it was difficult at, at witness because it was. It was like a the club was tearing itself apart. Were you, were you surprised when it ended as it did with them going into administration? And stuff? No, no, because I saw little signs of what I saw when I were at Bradford. I didn't realise they were there at Bradford until you go through it. And we went through it um, a couple of times. Um, but as I was, you know... As a coach, you don't know the full picture. I want I want more players, I want more staff, I want to do things better. And when things aren't getting provided and when other things start getting taken away, thinking, I've been here before, I can see what's happening here. So I was probably more surprised that they kept some players on who they'd agreed to pay the year before when maybe they could have moved them on and it could have um, it could have helped the situation. But we, we knew that the club weren't in a good position. You know, it weren't a good position. So despite the, uh, the challenges, let's say, you've faced at Bradford and Wisness, it's not not sort of tempered your appetite to get back into it? No, no. I mean, you, you've got to look at, and it doesn't always work out. I mean, Tim Sheens. Tim Sheens is, uh, look at that, it didn't work out there. The different levels, I know. But um, I, you look at the things that you have done as well, and, and yeah, it's casting back to Leeds. But even early at Bradford, we finished, we finished ninth that first year. We were half the spend, and, and then we went in admin. So there's there's more about the challenge. You get an opportunity. I think he's a one. He's that you know. I, I'll back myself. Um, you know, I've had I've had a, a couple of rough um, experiences, but it makes you stronger for that. And by going through that, it's like a player. You have a bad couple of games, and you get over it. You start playing well again. You get back. So I, I'm pretty confident in that. I just uh, you know I'm. I, I'm not on social media, so I'm not I'm not talking about myself every two minutes. But uh, the, you know, if if anything came up, I'd uh, I'd be willing to get Fr back in. Franny, do you think there are enough opportunities given to young British coaches? Because you, there are some some good young English coaches doing good things as assistants or in the championship, mm. but they, they don't seem to come through and, and get a head a head coach. No. When was the last time someone came through from the championship to coach in Super League? <laughs> Danny Ward did it the hard way. Didn't yeah, he? He yeah. Got, his team promoted, but I can't think of too many. No, that have been, that it have should been be. It should be the best man for the job. There's been mm -hmm. a few where you just think, where's that come from? Mm -hmm. Where there's, you know, there's people, you know, and we've got to think of where we want to go as a game again. It's that bit where, what are we producing? Do we need, do we need foreign coaches in League One? Do we need them in Championship? Again, that's not for me to decide. There's some good coaches out there, but we've only got an handful of jobs, and there's point of where. You know, well, I've got a family. You know, talk about pressures, about uncertainty. Talk about when you haven't got a job, Alex. You know, that's mm. the uncertainty of it. And people will then, like I will, you'll go and do something else. You've mm. got to earn some money, and you're you're almost lost to the game because you know I've got all this experience. 
but I've got nowhere nowhere to pedal it. You know, there's, there's coaches going into rugby union because that's a bigger industry. You know, you can earn a living at different levels um, and do part of the job. I've got a passion for coaching. It's just, and there's lots of us, even even to the point of people and, and coaches over here with with coaching badges and and have paid money to get to a level and they can't get anywhere near and it's like what are we doing we've got a level three and level four but you, there's no joined up we're not we're allowing things to happen within the game but you're trying to get a, a coaching certificate going here and then then people yeah. can get jobs without those so it's got to be the best man for the job it's got to be that and I, I'm not bothered where they're from but there's got to be something about, well, if you're building this coaching, you know, uh, group up, then they should get an opportunity or be in there. And I think the chairman need to be educated on that as well. Well, Ronnie, I'm sure that we all wish you the best of luck in, in your coaching endeavours. We'll, uh, we'll move on to Toronto. Uh, yeah, not the best week for Toronto, I think it's fair to say, Pete. The <laughs> player wasn't allowed back in the country. Then uh, the whole alleged racism by David Argyle, which has seen him step down from the club. Uh, where to start? It's just not been a good week for them, has it? What he said wasn't wasn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, I've got no sympathy for him, to be honest. And um, whatever effect it has it has on the club, you've got to feel sorry, a little bit sorry for Toronto as, as a club. But he's done the right thing by, by stepping down. He's um, That's taken some of the pressure off the RFL, I think, who are who are I understand are are investigating, but um, obviously he's he's not the owner or, or chairman anymore. So so some of what they they have to do has been been mitigated a bit. But what he said wasn't acceptable. I think um, Jose Kenga was was absolutely right to bring it out in the way he did on on social media. Um, I think the outcry that that followed was exactly right. As well, I can't imagine why, why he said what he did. But this isn't the 1950s. It's not acceptable. You can't do that. You certainly can't do it if you're a, you're a club owner. I know he's got a reputation for really looking after. And Franny's been there, I haven't been, but they've got a reputation for looking after visiting fans and, and players. And he's just lost his marbles at that at that stage. And um, I don't I don't see how he could have stayed on. Alex, I. It's just the sort of thing you don't expect. I mean, we're, we're of a, a younger generation and people say, you know, society's changed and, and people can be a bit more a bit more precious, maybe a bit more pedantic, but you, you just can't say that, can you? No, nah, I, I think in this day and age, mate, especially with like the likes of social media and things, and once one thing's said, you know, it's out there to everyone and, mm -hmm. and he's, he's, he's obviously made a mistake. I think the thing for me is he's not realised the effects that it's going to have on, on Toronto as a club. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he said it, made a mistake. He can sack himself and say sorry and stuff, but then where does that leave Toronto, you know, if if he sort of pulls out and and Toronto sort of rely on him, where does it leave him? Um so it, it is a mistake, but like like I said, it's it's quite unforgiving uh in this day and age to make such a big mistake. I don't want to say it's commendable what he's done, Franny. That's the wrong word I think. I, I think have you met him as well? Did you meet him? Yeah. He, he, I've met him I have never. I wouldn't have had a bad word to say about him before this. It shocked me, but then again, that doesn't doesn't excuse it. No, no. It? He's obviously he's made a massive mistake, and I think when I I met him and he he um, he looked after the players. And he seemed to be one of. The, he seemed like just a, a mad fan of the game and enjoyed being around the players. And when I heard it, obviously you think 
why would you say something like that? Obviously, we don't, I don't know him to that depth. And I'm thinking, I got the impression he was a mad fan. And you'll know this, Alex. Sometimes fans say things, they just say, why are you training? Shouldn't you be training? And it's like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> and they just say to break the... I, I can't defend what he said because it... It's just shocking, isn't it? The other, the other thing as well, I mean, it come from? I, I've got friends of, of different different race, of, of different cultural backgrounds, and, and I've spoken to them about this, and, and they said to me, if, 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 if someone who you know very well said it to you, maybe they still wouldn't be comfortable with it. Mm. For a complete stranger to say something to you, it, it makes it even worse, doesn't it? I wouldn't have been comfortable saying that to my best friend who, who is of a different different race, yet alone someone I've never met before. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And if, if it's in your sort of circle of friends, there's, there's sort of things said that, that won't get repeated and, and shouting out. But if, if a, a complete stranger, like you say, comes up to you, you've, you've got to have better manners than that and, and, and treat people better than that. Where, where does Toronto go from here, Pete? I, I don't know the ins and outs. I, I think... Argyle will still be putting the money in from what I can gather but there's going to be some challenges for, and the RFL investigation as well may stop him from doing that we don't know at this stage of the game do we? It, it is a concern yeah I mean from, from what the club statement said he, he said he'd meet his obligations which mm. is obviously from their point of view a good thing um, but it's, it's certainly not what they needed at this stage mm. I mean without his, his financial backing I don't know what sort of state the club would be in. It's just a worrying, worrying time for the club and everybody associated with them. I, mean, I hope it's not going to derail Toronto as an as an organisation. Um, but if it does, it's down to one to one individual. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know him, but from what people have said, it, it's not sort of, he's not a malicious character, not at all, or anything, not at all. Um, and. I mean, I don't think he's racist. Well, I don't know him, but I, I, I very much doubt he's racist. But I, he said yeah. he said something silly, and I think it's been compounded by the fact if the player involved obviously was shocked at the time, and and by his account, it was just laughed off. And I think you know if if he'd said, "Oh, God, I'm really sorry. I I was just I was just having a bit of banter. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything by it." Maybe it would have it would have it wouldn't have been acceptable, but yeah. it it could have been put to one side. But it, it sounds like. That wasn't the case, um, and nothing's happened un until Jose's decided to go to go public with it. And I think that's that's compounded the issue. Yeah, it's a mis really. it, at very best, it's yeah. a, a very very misjudged joke, isn't it? At I, very very. I best. mean, maybe it was that, but yeah, it's it's some things are, are unacceptable, aren't yeah. they? And and, yeah. and that's that's one of them. I think it could have been dealt with as well. I think it left Jose in a position where he's probably thought nothing's really been done about this. Yeah, exactly. um, I'm going to have to gonna have to take it public and, and, and make it into a huge deal. It could have he could have probably dealt with it better and, and spoke to Jose himself and, mm. and mm. addressed it rather than trying to brush it under the carpet and see Jose's done go. the right thing. He's done the right it, thing. Yeah, yeah, he's felt forced to do that, hasn't he? And and too many times on lots of different things, but people turn the other cheek. And I think that sort of thing it's right in it. That's yeah. the, the game doesn't stand for what, that. Sort why of should stuff. he be putting that? And it's that right. Position, though. It's Just, right. What's that? Why have the RFL not acted before? Why did? Well, why that, did the RFL have think, to act off the back of? I think that's. Them? I think that's a very good point, and I'd like to. I'd like to know what the RFL's response to that is, because I think Jose is saying that he, he made them aware of it some time ago, and as far as we know, nothing's 
nothing's come of it. I mean, it, this didn't happen just the other week, did it? It was was it in April? Four weeks ago, I think five. So you know, you would think that would be enough time to um, yeah. to investigate and to make a decision. I think it's fair to say, Pete, we're uh, all in support of uh, Jose Kenga here. You get involved in the conversation too. Get in touch on Twitter at RL Backchat. That's all we've got time for this week. A big thanks to my guests, Francis Cummins, Pete Smith and Alex Meller. We'll be back for another edition of Rugby League Backchat next week. But for now, bye-bye. Rugby League Backchat is sponsored by TotalRL.com.